Good morning, House Church. How is everybody this morning, huh? We good? Come on, worship was great this morning. Thanks, guys, for leading us. Tell you what, that's we're spoiled rotten, are we not? We really are spoiled. Every week they uh, bring the lovely presence of the Lord and help us enter in, right? We're going to talk maybe a little bit about that in a, in a moment or two, but... Uh, I just wanted to quickly introduce myself. My name is Jim Keen. I'm one of the pastoral elders here at the House Church. Um, I just have to say it's always an honor to be on this uh, platform, standing on these things that God has built um, in our hearts, in our lives as a church. Um, if you're new, are you? If you're newer to the church, you consider yourself newer. Would you wave at me? Just, you consider, yeah, a handful. Look at that. Yeah, you're so so welcome, right? We just, yeah, good. Give them a hand. Absolutely. Um, my wife Jan and I, we made the house our home about 14. No, probably 13 years ago. We got here 14 years ago. We took about a year to figure out what was going on. Took us a while. We were a little bit slow. It's all right. Uh, you know, the Lord's got patience for us. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to Jan and I. He said to us, hey, guys, you're dining, not dating. And uh, we kind of went, huh? W what do you mean we're dining, not dating? And, like, that was terminology. We had, Jan and I, we've been privileged. We've been in really good churches uh, got married at Antioch Christian Fellowship in 1995, so we're 25 years married. This is her walking in. You can wave at her and say hi. So we're best known for having nine children, eight boys, one girl. Uh, she's Our one girl's graduating here today uh, at the next service uh, from sixth grade into, into high school. So uh, just giving you a little bit of background on us, but we have been privileged. We were in lots of different churches, got to minister in Ireland and be in churches there as well. And, and, uh, and, and we literally uh, had never heard the Lord say to us, connect with a place in a relationship way like dating. Like that hit us between the eyes. And so we were like, well, we took a little bit more time to process that and ultimately figured out, all right, the reality is we were enjoying the presence of God. We were so enjoying the word of God. We were just feasting in a way that because we had been in ministry previously and come off the mission field and, and kind of orphaned in a sense, don't feel too bad for us, we're fine. But uh, the church that we got sent out from went under, underwent a huge transformation. And so we were, had been wandering for a couple of years trying to find our place. We literally had churches tell us, we love you, but this is not your home. I mean, it was a crazy, like, like, oh, thanks, we love you too, but wow, we really do have to find our home. Where is that? Walked into this place, heard our Father's voice. Pastor Jamie opened his mouth first night. Presence of God was so thick in the room. I'm like, what is going on? God, like, I have been in revival services. I have been in places where your presence is thick. What is happening here? 
We had been told, because at that stage we had six children, that the children's ministry here rocked. They were prophesying over kids. Kids were getting lit up with the Holy Spirit. Friends of ours were testifying about the goodness of God that was being revealed here. But we didn't, like we hadn't been here yet. And we were like, well, let's check it out. We walk in, oh my goodness, just riveted, being real. So we had been enjoying that process for a good long time. And then the Lord said to us, you're dining, you're eating tons. I'm pretty good at that, actually, eating tons. Uh, but you're not dating. You're not in a relationship where you've committed your heart to a place and allowed your roots to begin to go down. And for the Lord, that was problematic for us. For us, it's problematic. Like, hey, you need to get genuinely heart connected. So to be real with you, that wasn't a hard thing to do because of how much we loved the place. I'm not going to go into the backstory of why it was a hard thing for me to do, maybe another time. Uh, but the reality is when the Lord actually confronts you, you have a choice to make, right? You have a decision to make. Okay, if you're a young single and some guy and you're a lady and some guy comes up to you and asks you to become kind of let's start this process of dating, that's a heavy deal. Like, hey, let's go out a few times. Let's get to know each other. But we'd gone through all of that with the church. And so we dove in. And when we did, all of a sudden, transformation began to erupt in our lives. Like, like lovely transformation. We'd eaten stuff. Lots of seed had come into our hearts. But the transformation process really began to happen once we committed. And so just, I don't know, I wasn't planning to say any of that, guys, but if that's for somebody here uh, or somebody's here, I uh, just want to encourage you, uh, hear your Father's voice, be led by your Jesus, who you love, and then move into relationship with a group of people, a community, a body of believers where they're going with you on a journey together as the body of Christ, as a portion of the wider body of Christ into the kingdom things that he has set before you and before those who are around you. Does that sound good? Yeah. So, all right. So that's just a really brief history about Jan and myself uh, and our, our nine kiddos. We won't go into all of that either, but... Let's, because, uh, you know, people come up to me, they ask me how your kid's doing, and then I start telling them, one at a time, this and this and this, and their eyes start to glaze over, like, oh, I wasn't really prepared for all nine. Jim, now can you just give me, like, one or two? <laughs> That'd be great. So I'm just being a tease, but, all right, so let's, uh, let's pray, and let's just uh, invite again the Lord uh, into this time. Heavenly Father, we love you. We're here for you. We want to see you and hear you and know you here today. And Father, we're just opening our hearts to your voice. Lord, speak to us, each one of us. Lord, in the room today, Lord, we open our hearts to hear your voice um, and to see what you're saying and to hear what you're doing and to understand how it impacts us individually, corporately, Father God, we just thank you for the opportunity to meet with you this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody who agreed with that said, amen. amen. Well, I don't know if you've noticed a theme for the last few weeks. It uh, doesn't seem like we can quite get off the topic of prayer. Um, like Pastor Jamie, whenever he preaches a message, like I know he titles things, 
I don't know about you, but for me, like, there's like 10 to 12 things that are super significant that hit me every time he speaks, and then he weaves things in, but, but there has been this kind of overarching theme about prayer that I have been noticing and witnessing and really was not planning, to be honest with you, to continue, but then got arrested like, yeah, you are. I'm like, really? Okay. Um, you know, we never do... At the house, if you've been around here for very long at all, we don't really do sermon series. It's not really Pastor Jamie's thing. He's awesome at what he does. Uh, The topic of prayer is so broad. Obviously, there are books and books and books and books written about it. You can never plumb the depth of it. But what I want to kind of uh, do this morning is kind of take a weird tack. I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, to get to hopefully a place where we can have some breakthrough in prayer. How would you like to have breakthrough in your prayer life? Anybody there? Like, it would be awesome to have breakthrough in my prayer life. Wow, that was good, actually. A few of you were really going to receive that. Maybe a few more of us could receive it, too, huh? So I want to start with a very unusual scripture. It's Micah 6.8. Not unusual to you. You probably know this scripture verse. We're going to throw it up here on the, on the back. I'm just going to read it to you. It says, he has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. I actually think this is one of the coolest scriptures in all of the Bible because it summarizes an expectation, right? Uh, There's an expectation in God's heart. What's the requirement? Here it is. But the key to the requirement is the third piece. It's not to do justly and to love mercy. Those are important. But the key to that scripture is the walking humbly with your God. So, I don't know about you, um, just, I want to just make a couple of observations about walking humbly with your God. Um, it's a pretty beautiful picture, right? Like, if you think about a walk, like for me, I would think about holding my wife's hand, walking down the road, right, going for a stroll, having a conversation on a walk. When you have a conversation on a walk, you're sharing hearts, who you are with the person you're with, who they are with you, right? That's a natural consequence of walking with somebody, very weird to walk with somebody in complete silence. Would you agree? Right? You're going to have a conversation. When you open your mouth to talk, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right? So what's in you is going to come out of you in the conversation at the moment in time that you're having the stroll in our case here, in our scripture, with the Lord. I cannot tell you how many times in this, well, not this, probably the other sanctuary at church, let me put it that way, that I have had the encounter of the Lord coming up and grabbing my hand, right, and then like saying, let's go. And I'm like, whoa, where are we going? 
And then he breaks into, and he did it this morning. <laughs> Coming out of the grave this morning, the picture of Jesus dancing out of the grave. Like, super happy, like, explosively, like, victorious, like, grabbing my hand in worship and like, let's go, Jim. I'm like, whoa, where are we going? Where are we going? Can I tell you? The answer to that is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not the important thing. Although the vistas and the views are going to be great. They're going to be mountaintop experiences. It doesn't matter, though, where you're going. It matters who you're going with. If you are with the Lord, your life will be an adventure. Has to be. He's the most unbelievable, amazing, good, heavenly father, lover of your soul, creator of the universe. He is amazing, and he is your God, and he is my God. You know God. What? You get to walk. You don't have to. You get to walk with your God hand in hand. And here's the... So here's the amazing part. When you're walking with God hand in hand and you're on the journey, right? And you come to, when you have an epic walk, guys, you always come to some beautiful place that you both kind of stare at together. You take a picture of it, right? You put each other in the frame and you see the beautiful background, whatever it is, sunset, sunrise, ocean, mountain, whatever the, whatever the scenery is, you put each other in the frame of the picture, right? You highlight the person. I don't know about you, I love scenery shots, I do. But for me, whoever I'm with, that's the highlight. Usually my family, my wife, my kiddos, like what am I looking at? I'm looking at them and the beautiful background. But they're the highlight of the photo, right? They make the photo fun. They add life to that photo. Now here's really a wild thing. Meditating on this, and I felt like this just kind of dropped into my spirit. As you're walking with the Lord and talking with him, there is this exchange that's happening. When you walk humbly with your God, you put him in a high place, honoring him and recognizing always, no matter how long you've walked with him, Doyle Van Gelder, since your age has been brought up in this time, right? No matter how long you've been walking with him, you literally position your heart with humility and the goodness of God, the more of God, the grace of God pours into your being because you've positioned him in humility to be the one whose voice is preeminent above your own. Right? Like you share something about you, God, that I didn't know about before. I'm not arguing with you like, hey, you didn't tell me that before. I didn't know that. That's not true about you. He's like, whoa, 
Whoa. No, I'm telling you something about me here. Oh, I didn't know that before. Right? I don't know everything about you, God. I will never know everything about our God. He is unplumbable. You can't reach the depth of who he is in relationship. Don't try. He's big, but he's beautiful, and he's personal, and he loves you, and he's constantly pouring into us who he is so that the glasses that we look through and see him through are clear. They're not muddled with religion or politics or junk that wants to come in and invade our actual viewpoint of who he is. And as a result of that humility and understanding who he is, we're being transformed. We're being transformed. Walking with God's super important, but here's the, here's the cool part. As you walk and you come to that vista and you take a picture of God in that place, in the Old Testament, they would build altars and they would go to worship the Lord, right? Like Dave preached about Abraham last week. Abraham, they went on this walk, this massive journey. He walked the length and breadth of the land, right? When he did that, Abraham, he would set up an altar to worship the Lord. Key, this is the key, guys. In your walk, worship. Not here. I mean, do worship here. Worship on your walk with the Lord. Pull aside. Uh, I don't know if Evie wrote this song or not, but this something happens when we praise. Did he write that? Okay. So, so <laughs> something happens when we praise. Something happens when we worship. When it becomes all about him, the Lord, not your circumstance, not your achievement, not your to-do list of the day, not your work schedule, nothing. When it just becomes about him in the journey and you turn your heart to him and you begin to worship and praise, the only way to describe it is something happens when we praise. God, Jamie actually preached about this, I don't know, seven, eight weeks ago, talked about the Lord is searching for people to worship in spirit and in truth, in creativity and authenticity. He's looking for creative worship and authentic worship. When he gets those two things, he comes unglued. God does. He's got nowhere to go with it because there's no one greater than him to praise. I truly believe this about our God. If there was something bigger to praise, he would. This is his character. He's got nowhere else to go. He can't turn around and start praising because there's nobody greater than him in the whole of creation. There's nothing. So what that, all that energy on the inside of him, pent up, turns to you and to me and goes... Something in my heart, something that's in your heart, boom, it's back on you. Something happens. Change begin to break in the song that Evie wrote, right? I'm just telling you, something happens. We don't look at for what the something is. I'm just, don't do that. Don't look at it. Look at him. Just look at him. But I'm telling you, he can't keep it in. He loves us overwhelmingly when there's, and the only reason he's looking for, 
because he's not an egotist. He's not looking for people to worship him because he knows what he's going to do if you do. If you do authentically praise, he is going to kiss you and hug you and call you George. Not the George part, but he is going to love on you big. What is that? Some book, right? Like Bugs Bunny, I will love you and call you George. Thanks, honey. So, I want to just, this is a little tangential. Stop it. It's a little tangential, but I want to share with you an epic walk I once took. And uh, I was in Ireland, and uh, we were on a trip. Pastor Jamie had invited me to come on a trip with him, and and uh, we were prayer journeying and praying and making declarations, seeking his face, hearing his heart. And Jan and I had both felt like we should go to this mountain toward the end of this trip called Crow Patrick. And uh, we had to convince Jamie. It's never an easy thing to convince Pastor Jamie. N- not because, it's because he knows where he's going, right? In a really good way. So, and he wanted, in this case, he wanted to protect a relationship of mine, and he didn't want to burn a bridge for me by actually choosing a different way. But ultimately, praise the Lord, he heard the Lord, and I mended the bridge with the person that could have been hurt, and, and then we were good. Then he was like, all right, now we can go wherever we're going to go. So, we go to Crowpatrick, and my wife Jan has a scripture verse that uh, she sends to me, and I'm reading the scripture verse to Pastor Jamie, kind of at the base of this mountain. And uh, I have been to this mountain a handful of times. I've walked about, I don't know, I thought about a quarter of the way up that mountain. Turns out it was about a sixth of the way up. But I didn't know that at the time, that we were sitting at the bottom of this mountain, reading the scripture that my wife had sent through. And Jamie looks at me and says, well, we got to go to the top. I said, the what? He says, <laughs> Well, we have to go to the top of that mountain. And I'm like, oh, who's going to the top of the mountain? You going to the top of the mountain. I don't know if this kid's going to the top of that mountain. I've gone about, I thought, about a quarter of the way up, and I was pretty tired at the end of that particular excursion. And so um, we'll just see how far I make it. He says, well, I got to go to the top. I'm like, all right, I love you and bless you, and we'll just, let's go for a walk. So we're walking, and I'm huffing, and I'm a-puffing, and I'm like, and Jamie strategically places himself right behind me when he notices that I'm starting to struggle. I think he was seeing, can I walk as slow as he's walking? How long can I do this for, right? So he's walking slow, and then he says to me this, just casual-like, you know, Jim, uh, the average human body can actually run two full marathons without doing permanent damage to itself. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, are you trying to encourage me? Like, that's not how I encourage people. I'm like, you got this. I'm a cheerleader. Like, you can do this. Not Jamie. Jamie's like, let me give him a piece of information for him to noodle on. 
and contemplate what decisions will he make off of this particular piece of information that I'm giving him. Because somewhere in that huge body of his, there used to be an athlete. There might be a chance that this body is average, even at this stage, might be a chance, right? So I'm thinking what he's saying, and I gotta tell you, one other thing that he said, he says, Jim, this is a journey that we actually have to make, like the Lord's calling us to make the journey, and we actually have to pursue it, um, not without God, because it's impossible to pursue it without God, but like without his manifest presence. And I'm like, what? There's no way I'm making it up that hill without God's help, like without feeling it, without experiencing him. Are you kidding me? I'm dying physically. He's got to help me. Now, I prayed all the way up that mountain as far as I could go. About, so about halfway up, right? Come on, I made it to halfway up. I'm so glad you're so proud of me. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Make it to about halfway up the mountain. And I have a different view than I'd ever seen of the scenery. Not only that, I'd had a dream about this exact place that I had no idea existed until I got to that particular vista. I'm looking around like, what? I remember, you showed me this place. I've never seen it before. I would never have made it without the little challenge in my head. Hey, two marathons. I'm like, I can do this. I got this. I get up there. Jamie, at this point, had bailed on me. Not physically. Like He's like, I think, honestly, he's like, well, I've done everything I can for the poor guy. And I'm going to go to the top, and Jim, I'll see you. If I see you up there, we'll see you up there, right? Like, all right, Jamie, that's great. Bye, sayonara, right? And I'm walking myself up. I see this new vista, and I'm thinking, wow, that's awesome. And I'd love to tell you that that made all the difference. I had tons of energy after that, and I just, that didn't happen. It was an encouragement. I had never seen it before, and it did encourage me. But I just kept plodding, trudging up the mountain. Now, we were under a time constraint. I knew, like, I got to either do this. I can't really stop because we're going to get dark. It's raining. Oh, I did fail to mention that. The top of the mountain was shrouded in deep darkness. <laughs> it was raining on the top, and it was coming down enough where I was at that we were completely soaked to the bone. We had wet stuff on, but we were soaked, okay? As I get closer and closer, the, the degree of difficulty, lovely, gets difficult, more difficult and more difficult until it's about this kind of angle toward the end of the climb. And I'm like, you know, this is really steep. The rocks are slippery, but the people started coming down off the mountain because there were other people who were above average, and hiked to the top, right? And we're now coming down. They saw me in my little state and said, hey, you got this. The top is super close. Like, they knew. Like, hey, you can do this. Like, all of a sudden, the cheerleaders just came out of the woodwork. Like, 
because I was close. When Jamie was telling me, I wasn't close. I needed something different because I was not close to finishing this finish line. I wasn't close. I was in a journey, and I was walking. But now when I got close, people who had finished and knew how hard it was for some of us to get to that point could see the struggle in my face and were looking me in the eye. You got this. It's not much farther up there. You, it's only just a little bit of ways right around that corner up there. You got this. That brought life. I'm like, whoo, I'm almost there. I got this. So I keep going. I get to the very top. Jamie, who's been up there for 45 minutes, doing all of his lovely prophetic declarations and prophecy stuff that I wanted to be a part of, he's all done all of that. By the time I get to that climax, that peak, that summit, he's just starting to come down. And he looks at me like, what? You made it? Like, I have just the unbelief on his face, but joy, like joy, like, oh, you did it. That's great. Come on up. And he's like, now just take a moment, Jim. Just, just take a moment. I'll, I'll wait over here. Just take a moment. You go and pray and have your time with the Lord. I'm like, great. All right, I'll do that. I sat down, maybe not the best move, but I sat down and I'm praying and I'm like, oh Lord, I'm so grateful I got up here. And I'm being real with you. It didn't, I, I, don't, I just didn't think through the process of, I actually have to go back down the mountain. I gotta go down. So I come to Jamie. We're about to go down the mountain. He looks at me and says, Super, you know how his eyes are, piercing blue. Looks me in the eye and says, Jim, whenever you do a mountain climbing, the most dangerous part is down the, down the mountain. More people die going down than going up. <laughs> I'm looking at him exactly, thanks. It's awesome. But what did it do for me? I'm being real with you. I had to be careful with every step. And those initial steps were dangerous because the rocks were slippery. They were soaking wet because it was pouring at the top and blustery windy, right? And the rocks were scary, actually. So anyway, it helped me dramatically. But here's what I want to tell you. We, you, and me are on this epic adventure with the Lord. There are times when we don't sense his presence can you be honest with me and tell me that you don't always sense the presence of God? There are times where we have to push through that knowing that he has never left us nor forsaken us ever. He's there. I can't feel him. He's here. He's here. He's with me. He's looking after me. He cares about me. I can't feel him. Mm, I really love it when I can feel him. It's way better. But sometimes you can't. But he's like, trust me. Trust me. I'm with you. Keep walking. Don't stop walking because you can't feel my presence. You, can, you can't stop doing what I've called you to do because you can't feel me in the moment. You have to keep moving, walking humbly with God. There is movement attached. It's never stagnant with God. If you're in a stagnant place, it's okay. I've been there many times, trust me, but you can't stay there. Movement is where God's at. 
He is constantly moving. He's constantly encouraging. He's constantly building. He's constantly moving with you. So grab his hand and let him move and agree with him as you move. Does that make sense? Okay? All right. Well, I mean, I took up the vast majority of my time on the introduction. Isn't that lovely? Thanks. Ivana, you're lovely. <laughs> All right, so I want to pivot just a tiny bit. Um, so the result of walking with God means you're going to become like him. You're going to start to feel and sense and know what he wants. You're going to be able to anticipate how he would handle a situation so that you can actually act into that situation with him with confidence because this is his nature and his character and your character and nature is becoming like his. Right? This is the function of walking with God. Here's a, here's a truth. There's very little that happens in the kingdom without a declaration before it gets there. Very little we're talking prayer. When you make a declaration, you're sensing what Father is doing in the moment. You're agreeing with it, and you're declaring it with him what's happening. You're co-laboring with Jesus to begin a process of working towards something that God is doing. And the first step is agreement, belief, and then declaring what he's doing with you in that moment with the, with the group of people that you're with as well. That declaration has to go forward. And I'm going to tell you something. Um, maybe we can put up the, the Lord's Prayer, the Luke 11, 1 through 4 verse. I'm going to tell you something. When I first uh, got to the house, I, I had this cognitive dissonance with prayer here. I loved prayer. I thought I knew how to pray really, really well. I sought the heart of the Lord. I wanted to seek his will. I would pray, but I was asking for everything. Now, you, can, you should ask for things personally. You should ask. But in a corporate setting, you should hear what God's doing and declare what he's doing. Now, um, this verse, first, I'm just going to read it to you. Now, it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place uh, when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. In other words, they were watching him pray and going, can you teach me how to do that? That's awesome, right? That's what it says right there. So he's like, will you teach us how to pray? And so you know the Lord's prayer. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven. Now, for time's sake, I'm going to be brief on this, but I'm going to tell you it's a huge deal. Your Father in heaven, Jesus paid a price so that you could know the Father we sing songs about Jesus constantly. We should. He's our Savior. He made the way. He's our deliverer. He's amazing. But our Father, our Father is the one that he made the way for. No, there was no access. Jesus said there's no one's coming to the Father except through me. But we should go to the Father. When you pray, Jesus said, pray, Father, which is a relationship that he was changing in their heads and their hearts like he's your dad. I call him Abba, Jesus, right? Jesus like, Abba, Father, he's daddy to me. He can be daddy to you. He can be your father. And what you get from a father 
You get a number of things. You get identity. How many of you would love to know exactly who you are? Come on. You get identity. You get um, destiny. Where are you going? Your destiny is eternal. He's eternal. God's eternal. You're eternal. Your life is not just here. It's forever with him. Don't be fooled. This is not the end. This is beginning. We get eternity with him. Should put a bit of confidence in you. That fear of death thing? Death, where's your sting? Jesus overcame death. We get eternal life. As a human being with a new glorified body, we get it. Right? So, so your heavenly father gives destiny. He gives purpose. He gives uh, provision. How many of you would love to have provision? Hmm? Provision. In every way, father is the one that provides provision. Go to father. Get to know your dad really well. He loves you. He cares. He's crazy about you. Pastor Doyle preached a message I still can't wrap my head around. A few weeks ago, just after this set of verses here uh, in, in uh, uh, Luke 11, about how the Father just can't help but to be prepared to give you everything you need when you need it. He just can't help it. I have to re-listen to that. I'm being real. I, it, it was so, oh, like... But the reality is, he's like that. He's giving to you what you need, but we need to approach him as a father. What was Jesus teaching? He's your dad. Go to him. He's good all the time and loves you. Okay? So father, so that's the first thing. Father, the next, can you put it back up first? I'm sorry. I'm, I apologize. Um, our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Ah, anyway, I won't cover it. Your kingdom come. There's your declaration, right? There's your declaration. Your kingdom come. It's in the Greek, it's come your kingdom. It's a declaration. As I said to you, when I first came here, declarations were not what I understood at all. I was like, what do you mean? I can't command God to do stuff. And it's not commanding God to do stuff. It's actually seeing what he's doing and then declaring what he's doing. <laughs> you have to see it to say it. So you have to perceive it to declare it. But it's what you have with, in a relationship with him. He's going to show you what is going on here. What's going on here? And what's the solution if there's a problem to what's happening right here? Okay? Hurrying now because my intro was too long. Um, give us this day our daily bread. Trust me, this is not food. Okay, this is actually his word for you for the day. He knows that you need sustenance. His word is truth. His word is sustenance. Give us this day our daily bread. I need food from you, not physical like he's providing that. He knows he's already got that covered being real. But what we need is that spiritual sustenance for today, for this moment. What's your word? You hear Pastor Jamie testify about this all the time. He wakes up in the morning, gets a word for the day, and the word 
is in every situation that he's entering into that day, he uses that word to minister to every single person that comes through his door. God's prepared it. He didn't do anything. He heard, he received, and then he applies it. It's something that he can have himself and give away. Right? Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us, guys, short accounts. Keep short accounts. It will literally derail you to not keep short accounts. I mean, it's so dramatic in other um, books. Jesus said, my heavenly father is not going to forgive you if you don't forgive others. Just flat out says it. He's like, oh, that's a problem because I need forgiveness. Because I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. I need it. I better give it. Right? I can't hold it. Get really good at seeing offense when it comes. Sometimes you're like, oh, that hurt. The problem is you took offense. There is pain that just happened. It transpired. You're going to just continue to go along your lovely merry day. The sun's going to go down on your offense. The devil's like, yay, you're going to forget about that offense completely, and I'm going to come and give you a, a stronghold that, from which I can actually destroy your life, mess with you. And you're like, dang, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. Don't keep long accounts, keep short accounts. When you see something that's hurtful, oh, there's so much to talk about in terms of justice, but, but literally deal with the injustice when it comes. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't forget. All right, so then, uh, where's the next one we got here? Da, 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 da. Oh, last verse there, verse four. Uh, sorry, I keep doing this to you. Thank you. And forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You know, we got into a hard place on the planet through Adam and Eve, right? They got tempted and they took the bait of Satan, right? They took the temptation, and the rest is history until Jesus, and now he's undoing all of that. Can I just tell you, he's undoing all of it? I'm going to say it again. He's, he's undoing Jesus. has already finished the work of undoing all of the sin that's ever been done on the planet, all of those strongholds we just talked about, he is undoing all of those. He's restoring all things. That's what he does. Right? It's what he's doing. It's what he's going to partner with us to do. It's what he's doing. So, so, but lead us not in temptation is, Lord, hmm, I know you're not that kind of God. You're not leading us into temptation. It's not what you do. But keep us from being tempted so that we're not ensnared by the devil, trapped, and then kept. Because, by the way, we're in a spiritual war, and the devil hates us. Which you already know that, but I'll just let you know that again, right? So, Lord, help so that we don't fall into that. Okay. Now. Um, ba -dum -ba -dum. Three applications. Ha! Huh? Really fast. Three applications. Okay, so... These are really actually pretty important. So I'm going to go quickly and do my best. Um, I'm going to use this expression. 
I was driving by the airport the other day, read the sign, it says, if you see something, say something. Right? It's a terrorism thing in the world. Like, if you see terrorism, like, don't just keep driving, go call somebody, make sure that you say something about it so we can prevent a situation. That thing just couldn't leave my spirit. <laughs> we have a really good value at the house for prophetic. There's boundaries. Like, it's got to be edification, exhortation, or comfort. If it goes outside of that, you can't declare to somebody something that's judgmental. I can't see bad stuff and declare it to you. We don't do that here because it causes damage. It's outside of biblical principle. We don't do it. However, what we do do with stuff that we see, and it's legit, like you can see stuff, you should say something to the Lord. Not to the person. You should, with compassion, go, that is really not a great thing that that person that I love is doing. God help them. God help them so that they aren't doing that anymore. It's bad for them to continue in that particular vein. Nobody's going to tell them what they're doing. They're going to make them just figure it out on their own. But God, you can do it. You can talk to them. You can confront them in a dream. You can meet them and start to undo something that's not good for them. You're not going to talk to them about it. You're not going to talk to anybody else about it. You're going to talk to God about it, and you're going to leave it at that and trust him to do what only he can do. You're going to help purify the body of Christ. If we all do this for each other, do you know how fast that multiplication is going to happen? There are things that you can see on my life for sure. This, this is one of them. Hey, God, help Jim, right? He shouldn't be that heavy. God, help him. It's truth. I'm being just real, right? Can I be real with you? There are things. Help. Why? Because God knows how to help. God knows how to convict. God knows how to do it in a way that we can all respond because when he confronts us as children of his, comes to discipline, it's not fun, but it's bearable because he's good and he loves me and he's not exposing me to anybody else. I don't feel exposed when he confronts me. I don't feel embarrassed or ashamed. I just like, oh God, I'm sorry. Yeah, shh, forgive me. And then here's the change, okay? So see something, say something. Second thing, tongues. Guys, I'm just going to hit this really hard. The gift of tongues, it's for everyone. Say, it's for everyone. It's for me, say it. I want it, say it. I'm asking for it, Lord. I receive it. So here's why. This gift is crazy. Can you put up that verse, uh, Romans 8, 26 and 27? Tongues literally builds up your inner person to be in faith about everything that you touch in life. You speak in tongues, faith comes. But even more than that, if you aim it at something that you don't know how to pray about, here's what it says. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know how we should pray. Uh, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us uh, with groanings which cannot be uttered. 
He knows how to pray for us. I don't know how to pray about a situation. How, God? All of a sudden, you're literally getting this unction on the inside of you. That this is, That's that groaning thing coming out of you. Like, God, deal with this. I don't know how to pray for it. But you do. You're the king of the universe. You're huge. You know how to do this. There's nothing too difficult for you. I don't know how to pray. You do. Holy Spirit, here's, I am partnering with you. I am agreeing and I'm using this gift so that you can move mountains that I don't know how to move, but I know that they need to be moved. Aim it. Proclaim it. Trust God. Believe him. He's going to do incredible things. You're going to do that in secret. Nobody's going to know it in your little closet, prayer room, by yourself. Nobody else around. He's going to reward you, the Lord. You're not looking for man's approval on that stuff. You're going to get only what man can give you, which is not what you want. You want what God can give you. So don't be getting with motivation to pray or speak or whatever in front of people for their glory. No. I want you, we want you all to have God's reward on your life. You want that. So don't short circuit that. I'm doing okay. <laughs> Last thing. Speaking of not knowing how to pray. I believe we have the best pastor in the whole world. I do. 100% hands down love him. Really love him. Grateful for him. In the last year and a half, he has, with his whole heart, tried to take the seeds of Herod and the Pharisees, in other words, the spirit of religion and the spirit, um, the political spirit, and dig them out of our hearts so that we don't become sidetracked so that we can remain powerful, so that we can become kingdom people and rule and reign over the top of any governmental system, of any, not with, not with authority like this, with authority underneath, serving the whole world with the goodness of God. With authority that's real from heaven that's in that position of, I don't know how to pray for the government of the United States of America. I have no idea. But I tell you what, I'm super ticked at it. Speaking of keeping short accounts, do you know a government can actually tick you off because they do something unjust that's going to affect your life? What you do with that is up to you. But if you don't do the I forgive you, you don't know what you're doing. Jesus, Jesus on the cross saying, forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they're doing. And you want to say, Jesus, you're not telling the truth. They know what they're doing. They're killing you. Right? They are crucifying you. But he is telling the truth. They don't know what they are doing. He is speaking the truth because he is the truth on the cross. So our governmental leaders, I'm not declaring to you they don't know what they're doing in a sense of being incompetent. That's not what I'm saying. Don't hear that. What I am saying is they don't know what they're actually doing to hurt people. They don't want to hurt people. If they could see down the line the consequences of their choices and see stuff that's a wreck because of what they instituted in this year, they'd be like, oh, no, not that. I didn't know. 
I didn't know. But here's the problem. The church, by and large, in our nation right now, has forfeited praying for the government because we don't agree with it. We don't agree with its policies. We don't like the people. We think stuff happened. We... <laughs> okay. <laughs> when, if you throw up the First Timothy chapter 2 verse here, this is, a, this is an instruction from Paul to Timothy, who's in the uh, city of Ephesus. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, first, that all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Next verse, chapter number two. For kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. <laughs> Why do you pray for them? It's good for us. It would be bad for us if we check out. You're going to leave in the hands of the devil and all of his minions the people who are going to affect your lives. And amazing things start to happen, like more and more freedoms are taken away. More and more problems are coming. We're getting more and more angry, and we're not keeping short accounts, releasing mercy, crying out to the Father. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. God, help them, give them wisdom and understanding. We speak mercy over all of it. We bless them in Jesus' name. You can't bless somebody in Jesus' name when you have ought against them. It won't come out pure. All of your blessing will, will be hit the ceiling. There's nothing there. You can't bless when you're at ought, when you haven't forgiven, when you haven't dealt with the injustice that you're perceiving, whether real or perceived, on the inside of you. You will not be able to bless authentically. And they need your blessing, our blessing. They need our voice. They don't know they need our voice. We need our voice there because if something bad starts to happen, we got nobody else to blame but ourselves. We've been given all authority. Jesus has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. We're his. We're kings and priests with him. What's he going to look at us and say, like, hey, I told you we got this. Why aren't you doing it my way? Uh, I thought it would be better if I just complained on Facebook about it. <laughs> really? You thought that would be the best course of action? All right. I love you. This is Jesus. I love you. I'll give you another chance. The answer is no. <laughs> All right, stand to your feet. I'm out of time. <laughs> All right, put a hand on your heart. Just take a moment. Just like build an altar in front of you with the Lord. You know, this last topic, um, we, we've all fallen into sin here. We've all been touched by this. Can I just encourage you to ask the Lord for forgiveness, to then turn and, and release mercy, to forgive people's sins, government, which is a big thing, forgive them, release mercy to them, ask the Lord to forgive you, cleanse you and wash you, He's going to do it. He loves you. It's super important. Can I encourage us to, I don't know how to change the government. I'm not, I'm not in that. But I know the one who's bigger than it. I know him. You do too. Petition. Declare. Pray in tongues over it. Find the solutions that we need 
so that there can be peace in the land so that spiritual life can flow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we love you so much. We're so grateful for you walking with us and talking with us and showing us who you are. We're so grateful for everything you're pouring out on our spirits. Wow. We worship you, even in this place, at this moment. Lord, I'm just declaring over your people a filling, Lord, of your spirit again, afresh, more. God, more. Just turn on your receivers for a moment. Like more, Lord, more. Father, more seed, more more of your presence, more of your goodness, more revelation, more understanding, more strength, more courage, breakthrough, Father. Lord, I just declare breakthroughs over lives here in Jesus' name. Father, breakthroughs. If you need a breakthrough, just say, Lord, I thank you for my breakthrough. Say, Lord, I thank you for my breakthrough. Thank you, Lord. I thank you before I see it, I declare it in Jesus' name. I'm declaring those things which are not as though they are, and I thank you, Jesus, for the breakthrough that you've already wrought for me, and I'm standing in faith with you, looking at you, trusting you for breakthrough. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, there are people on our right and our left that we love, someone we don't know that we're sitting next to, but they're your people. Father, we're asking that you'd bless them in Jesus' name. God, on our right and our left, God, be good to them. Pour out your spirit on them. Help them in their journey, Father God. Lord, create in them everything that you want to create in them, Father, that's good and clean and holy and right, powerful and true. Lord, help them in Jesus' name. On my left and on my right. Lord, they're part of me. I'm part of that body. I'm part of the body. Lord, just bless them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, in a second, guys, uh, prayer ministers, if you can come forward, there are going to be people up here that if you want prayer for anything, they're available for that for you. So come avail yourself of that. Um, it's powerful. They'll have prophetic words for you. You'll see stuff you can hold on to. It's great. Are you okay? Are, are you sure? I went pretty hard and fast at the end. I, I didn't mean to be that. But trying to get through it. Love you. You're loved. I feel like being Austin Coleman for a second. You're loved and there's nothing you can do about it. I love you and there's nothing you can do about it. It's how we feel about you. So bless you. Have a wonderful week uh, and go in Jesus' name. Amen.